0: Welcome to the Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast. A podcast created to inform patients, families, and caregivers about important health transformation topics. Since the 2001 Crossing the Quality Chasm Report by the Institute of Medicine, our nation's healthcare system has recognized its need to improve quality of care by way of six important aims that make healthcare safe, efficient, effective, effective patient-centered, timely, and equitable. But we cannot hope to cross this chasm and achieve these aims until we make fundamental changes to the whole healthcare system. All levels of this work require dramatic improvements from the patient's experience. So this podcast is dedicated to you, the voices' most underutilized resource in healthcare, our patients' voices. Welcome, and we hope you enjoy the Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Natasha Washington, president and founder of ATW Health Solutions and sponsor for the Patient Partner Innovation Community. Follow the PPIC community online at atwhealth.com. Well, hello everyone and thank you for joining Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast. I am your host today, Desiree Collins-Bradley, and we're really excited to have a special guest, Kevin Wake, on our podcast today. Welcome, Kevin.
2: Thank you, I'm happy to be here today.
1: Awesome, awesome, awesome. So this episode today is brought to you by ATW Health Solutions. ATW Health Solutions is a Chicago-based healthcare advisory and consulting firm that has gained national recognition for transforming healthcare delivery systems from ordinary to best in class. And we can't do that without the patient partnership, so you'll hear all about that today. At ATW Health Solutions, we use a data-driven, evidence-based approach to make healthcare better, focusing on improving quality, safety, and equity in organizations and government agencies. Simply put, we create and implement innovative solutions for the right problems and the right people. So Kevin, Kevin, I'm excited to kind of dive into this conversation with you. I would love for you to kind of introduce yourselves to our listeners.
2: Sure. Well, again, I am Kevin Wake and I am a 54-year-old patient advocate living with sickle cell disease, um, and in the last several years, my involvement with patient advocacy has actually really snowballed, and I am thrilled to have you know some impact on both patient lives, but also on the, the process of the overall healthcare system for, for all patients, um, especially sickle cell disease patients.
1: Yeah, that, that is awesome. Awesome. So I, I heard you say, you know, it kind of snowballed. So, you know, I want to kind of hear from you and share with our listeners like. What really motivated you to kind of become a champion in your sure. healthcare community?
2: Yeah, it, it really has um, kind of been twofold. Um, and, and there's a couple of different reasons. Um, so in 2017, I was struggling mentally to kind of find my purpose in life again. I had to retire from my career that I held for 23 years wow. in the pharmaceutical industry due to my own healthcare complications. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, again, I was struggling with what am I supposed to do? You know, I I, I didn't feel like I could just retire and shrink and, and go yeah. away. Um, and my healthcare provider, who actually is um, part of the sickle cell, clinic in kansas city one of the only ones that exists actually invited mm-hmm. me to um a, a board meeting for the association the euro Owen sickle cell disease association here in kansas city mm-hmm. um and she actually sits on that board as well and i was really reluctant at first to even become involved um
0: really and I, I why really,
2: you know i sickle cell is really um kind of a, a um it's a disease where it's very lonely. And I really had not known very many patients with sickle cell Mm -hmm. disease. Um, I didn't know what my impact could be by going to the the meeting and getting involved with this uh, local community-based resource. Um, But I went out of curiosity, but also to hopefully just be able to meet some other patients and share with them my journey and find out what their journey was like. And and just develop some friendships that way.
1: Awesome. Um,
2: and as soon as I, I attended my first meeting, I instantly fell in love with the board members. I attended a couple of um, activities they had in the community shortly mm-hmm. after my first meeting. Um, and I, I really did see how my story and my experiences could really benefit others in the sickle cell community. Um, my second reason of really being motivated to be get involved with uh, the association was like i said i i live with sickle cell disease um my two brothers also had sickle cell disease um and they both have passed from that complication uh for the complications of their disease so i saw this as an opportunity to have my parents experience something positive come out of having all three of their children be diagnosed with the same disease of sickle cell. Wow. So, um, you know, I, I really, I want to impact the community, but I also want my parents to to feel good about, you know, something positive has come out of this experience for them.
1: Absolutely. It, it, it's like legacy building, right? So a lot of times, and we hear this in many different areas, you know, it's like people, you take your pain as going through whatever chronic illness that you're managing, whether as a patient yourself or caregiver, taking that painful experience and turn it into a purpose, I think is something that a lot, a lot of other advocates, we kind of share that together to try to make healthcare a whole lot better. But, you know, kudos to that, you know, physician that invited you to that meeting. And I think that's an important theme that you talked about because if we're not invited, if we're not invited or even know that there's a space for us to come and give our lived experience, share our stories, then those doors stay closed to us. So you know one thing I hope that the listeners take away from this, whether you're a patient an advocate, healthcare leader, is start that invitation, right? If there's a person as a patient sitting on the board, Bring a colleague with you, bring a patient partner from the community with you. And if you're a leader, be intentional about inviting patients into that conversation, into that room, because, you know, Kevin, you have an amazing reputation in the healthcare community as being such an advocate and a leader in this space. And it started with that meeting. You know, that is, it gives me chills. I'm just so excited that you were invited there.
2: I, you know, I, that really kind of changed my whole life. And, you know, like I said, the past five years since I, my early retirement, um, things have, have really changed for, for the better and my involvement continues to grow. Um, and the crazy thing is I grew up in this area and I received my healthcare um, for the first 20 plus years in Kansas City. And I've moved back here since 2003. Um, I never even realized this local resource existed and they are in their 41st year of operation. So, um, you know, that told me also that there are local resources out there that patients may never even know exist until Mm -hmm. they actually look and and seek things out. But, um, you know, just the collaboration with my healthcare provider in exposing me to this, um, resource was tremendous.
1: Wow. That is, you know. Forty-first year, and 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 I think the other piece to it is, you know, as we share those resources in our community has become um, more active in our healthcare environment. Wherever you are, wherever you live, share out what you're doing. That's why I think it's so important for us at PPIC to really elevate those patient voices, so that others, right? So there's other sickle cell patients around the country. I'm sure we're sitting at home listening to the podcast in their car and going to say, you know what, let me seek out, maybe there's a local resource that I can tap into. So thank you, you know, for sharing that. So Kevin, you spoke about, you know, you started with the sickle cell in in that meeting and now it kind of empowered you to kind of spread into other areas of healthcare advocacy you know, could you share with it? Because I know you're doing quite a bit. You're busy, busy. <laughs>
0: could
1: you share like a few examples of how you broaden your, your scope of, of advocacy in different areas?
2: Sure. Um, you know, well, like I said, besides being involved with the association, um, I'm now president of the association and wow. we, we do a lot of work in the community with providing financial assistance for patients and community education. Um, and even scholarships. Um, but since then, I, I've gotten involved in other areas, um, University Health, where I get my healthcare um, mm-hmm. and actually where the, the board member works. Mm-hmm. Um, they started a patient and family advisory council in 2019 and asked me to get involved. And I am now chairman of that. And we've had significant improvements in quality and patient care within the hospital. Um, and I'm, I'm very proud that that you know in a short three years or three plus years that we've been able to make a significant impact with patients and patient care in the hospital. Wow, um, that's
1: amazing. And I want to say this 2019, this was during COVID. Yes. A lot of people hide behind, which I and don't let me, you know, I know COVID has been tough on our healthcare systems. However, you guys were able to start the PFAC, get it going in the COVID environment. So come on guys, don't hide behind COVID. You can still engage your PFACs in this COVID environment. So thank you, Kevin, for sharing it and kudos to your organization for making that commitment.
2: Yeah, I I, I again we've had to pivot um quite a bit because of COVID. Um, we had a you know a couple of meetings in person and then COVID hit. Um, And we went to a virtual environment, but we've continued to have significant impact um, and gotten involved with, you know, some significant grants on um, the hospital level as well. So, Mm -hmm. again, we've we've made a lot of inroads there I'm really happy about. Um, I've also had a chance with my advocacy to be involved with, you know, multiple committees, including the American Society of Hematology Research Collaborative, and then the National Health Council's Value um, Initiative, um, and been able to provide feedback as a patient to those committees. I was involved with an ICER review for sickle cell disease drugs that were approved in like 2018, um, and most recently I've I joined the CMS Patient and Family Engagement Network, um, and so just. My involvement with patient advocacy continues to grow, which is really exciting to me. And and um, I, I've also spoken, you know, I, I've gotten into speaking here recently. <laughs> I, I've spoken to a, a national pharmacy group on healthcare disparities and strategies to improve overall patient access to therapies. Um, oh, okay. I never even knew patient advocacy would be involved with like a pharmacy group yeah. and talking about you know, how can we improve access, especially in these areas where patients are, are experiencing disparities. Um, and I, I've had a wonderful opportunity to get involved there. So there's various levels of patient advocacy, um, mm-hmm. including, you know, advocating not only on your local level, but I've been involved with state and national advocacy as well for sickle cell disease. And Uh, Most recently, I've been involved with testifying at the state level to get some legislation passed um, for sickle cell disease and and for patient care in the the state of Missouri. Um, And I'm happy to say that on the very last day of the legislative session, it passed and is actually being signed into law by the governor here in the next day. See, and, and
1: I love how you explain so eloquently how there's different levels so you know wherever patients feel you know that there are I would say wherever they would feel that their input could be helpful and they're comfortable with there's a space for you so whether that's locally with your PFAC in your community with your neighbors all the way up to the governance level I think is is truly you know a testimony of of true advocacy so oh my goodness Kevin you are just a rock star in this yeah. space so but, no go ahead
2: and I was just gonna say you know I share with patients all the time that are looking to you know become advocates and things that advocacy is it, it can be at so many different levels you know um, I've even encouraged some advocates to be on patient panels and, and talk to medical students and residents to actually let them experience and see a sickle cell patient Mm -hmm. that's not in crisis, that's not in the emergency room. You know, Mm -hmm. that's when we're at our worst. And that's when we're, you know, kind of biased against, um, you know, being a a good patient. Um, Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) I I want doctors to understand that we, we live and we have a normal life and that we're not always in pain and we're not always in the hospital seeking care and i think that's important that they see a different side of patient lives um and and something as simple as that you're you're an advocate if you speak up and show that to providers and it only helps your care in the long run because it has them see you in a different light
1: yeah and you know that that's and i and i'll say this you know here and i'm in the the houston metropolitan area and i kind of work with a training program called Project Doc Houston, where we train medical students um, and medical residents around chronic illness and what have you. And I can't tell you how many times, you know, they'll, because my daughter has complex healthcare needs and we're frequent flyers of the hospital. When she's in a crisis and we're in the emergency room and I haven't slept in three days, I am a totally different mother. And when they see me in the training, they're like, wait a minute. And I'm like, yes, I am a very, she's different, right? So normally she's just happily, bubbly, bouncing around with a girl, but when she's going through healthcare event, she's extremely different. And those providers that engage her, that don't know her, I would say outside of that, when they see her and her happy, bubbly self, they're like, wow, this is a totally different child. So I think it's really important for them to be exposed. I love that example you gave, exposed to patients when they're not in a crisis, because oftentimes they only see us when they're in, when we're in a crisis mode and then we then go off into the sunset and discharge. So I really, I love that advice for patients, you know, share your experiences in any way that you can. And it kind of segues me into, so for those patients that are listening today that are green, I would say to this, or have a little intimidation, a fear around getting involved or don't know where to start, what advice would you give them for those um, patients and community members to kind of get started in advocacy, maybe one or two um, nuggets.
2: You know, first of all, I would definitely say, um, don't be scared, jump in um, and, and share your story. Um, it doesn't have to be like at a state level or national level, advocacy level, um, but you know, you can do work at the local level and have great impact. Um, I would seek out what kind of resources are available in your area. Um, and if, if you can't find any, go to your local hospital, work with the social work department or with the patient engagement, um, officer Mm -hmm. to, to ask, you know, what avenues can I seek out and, and participate in, in terms of helping with the hospital and their, their patient involvement or um local resources and and just get involved even if it if you're just a volunteer and you're working um at a community event you know and you're not in front speaking and sharing your story you know yeah. you still have a part of patient advocacy with your involvement with that um, start small mm-hmm. um, and you know you'll you'll find your passion and it will grow if you allow it to um and the opportunities are out there and I think they continue to grow and and even with you know if we go beyond just the local hospital level in the community Mm -hmm. you know even corporations um you know medical companies and biotech companies pharma companies they all are looking for patient involvement I was just on a patient advocacy board um Mm -hmm. That was with a pharmaceutical company that was looking at trial design for a new drug they're looking at, and wow. they want patient impact and patient involvement to make sure that their trial design is meaningful to a patient. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I love that. You know, if if they're bringing a new drug to the market, but it, the endpoints of what they're studying are not really meaningful to me as a patient, mm-hmm. most likely I'm not going to be really interested in that product. Yeah. Um, and so it, it only, you know, it helps them because it, it develops a study design that's meaningful, but it's also a great way to get patients involved and hopefully enrolled in those clinical studies, um, especially yeah. in communities where communities of color, you know, the, the um, numbers of people that actually participate in studies are really, really low and they, they mm-hmm. struggle with that. Um, and then when you talk about a, a disease that is A rare disease; um, Mm -hmm. those numbers are even lower. So, it's so involved to get patients. uh, It's so important to get patients involved. Yeah. uh, Any level.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know, you know, a a couple points that you touched on, I think, is really important before we come to a close. Is you know, patients of color, as historically we know, and those are listening know, there's been historically a, a level of mistrust. Yes. With healthcare, whether that's you know, interactions with clinicians into clinical trials. And so making sure that these companies, pharmaceutical companies, clinical researchers, really be intentional about the way they engage marginalized communities, persons of color, the LGBTQ community, making sure that they are intentional around that engagement piece is really important because we want to make sure that we have equitable representation in everything all aspects of healthcare that we touch from doctor's office all the way up to the policy level but if those persons don't feel like the environment is safe and comfortable to come and share their lived experiences and partner with you you're spinning your wheels and the wheels aren't going anywhere. Exactly. So, you know, you really brought up a wonderful, wonderful point. So, anything else um, that you would like to share with our listeners before I let you go and enjoy this wonderful summer day?
2: Sure. You know, I just want to echo what you talked about with the, the trust within our community in the healthcare environment. Um, and you know i i continue to see that today with our sickle cell community and uh, the mistrust and and people not wanting to get involved um it's my personal belief that i understand why that mistrust is there yeah and and i i know and it's a valid thing um first of all i think healthcare needs to acknowledge that the trust is there for a reason mm-hmm. but um, patients also need to get involved and share their story and um, and talk, or that trust is never going to go away. It's never going to get better. And yeah. so, patient advocacy and patient involvement can only improve overall trust level within the healthcare system. And I, I think it's up to patients to really get involved to to make a change. Um, mm-hmm. If anything, COVID has actually shown us is healthcare disparities exist, um, okay. and they they're there um and I, I think we've seen that we've we've known that within the sickle cell community for decades yeah um but now's the time to really get involved and make some changes because it, it's recognized i think system-wide that these disparities exist and it's it's going to be the patient involvement that really is going to to help you know change things and and i always say that you know patients have to have a seat at the table no matter yeah. what table that is and if they're not sitting at the table most likely they're being on the menu um oh
1: i love so, that
2: you know it, it's important that we share our voice and get involved
1: absolutely well kevin this has been an amazing uh, conversation with you um Pick listeners i hope that you're inspired and empowered into action and you know as always guys be engaged Follow the PP community online at atwhealth.com